0: The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm
1: podcast network.
2: We are spiritual beings having a human experience. Welcome to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world.
0: Empower yourself and get inspired to build the life of your dreams. Welcome to Everyday Peace with Dr. Drayvon James.
1: Hello and welcome to our show. I'm Dr. Drayvon James and this is Everyday Peace. I am super excited to have you here with us today as we um, explore the concept of living a life of peace every day. My goodness, peace defined as wholeness, completeness, nothing missing, nothing broken, totality. And if you are able, it would be so wonderful if you just take a moment, eyes closed or open, it doesn't matter, and just let that resonate with you. Breathe in deeply and hold that breath for a second or two, and then exhale slowly but completely on that concept of you in peace every day Complete. Nothing missing. Nothing broken. Totality. Well, I'm here to tell you, yes, it is possible that you can have peace every day. Yes, you deserve everyday peace, and yes, you can have everyday peace. We work together on this show to bring you the topics and the guests to partner with you as you create your life of peace every day, and we are. off to a great start this year our anthem is what are you waiting for what are we waiting for in 2021 as everyday peacemakers we are not waiting for the opportunity to knock on the door and say here i am no we are dedicated to gather here every week to help each other as we travel on our personal journey towards everyday peace so i'm super excited we've had some Excellent speakers this year and several important topics, things like how to set goals and so we can be successful, the importance of diet and physical health along our journey, adopting a purpose driven life. And this month, we launched our Diverse Voices segment in honor of Black History Month. Last week, we had the incredible show where we had Professor Kang talking to us about the impact of implicit bias on our decision making. And you know, as everyday peacemakers, it's important that we understand how we perceive things and how our perception impacts our decisions and our growth. We also had the incredible Niette Ridgway, the founder of Boss, beautiful, optimistic, successful sisters. Niette is a positive force for change and the Boss movement is rolling. So if you missed any of these shows this year, don't worry. You can catch up on these shows in any past episodes by subscribing to the Dr. Drayvon James Everyday Peace podcast on Apple, Spotify, Google Play and Stitcher or you can listen to them on the Unity Online Radio website. And if you have not completed your free course on discovering your passion, what are you waiting for? It's absolutely free. So email me today at dravonjames at gmail.com. Put the word free in the subject line, and we will be sure to get that out to you. Our uh, Today, our show is going to be amazing. We are going to talk to Rubel chandy author speaker and business consultant who has developed a proven process to accelerate business growth Ruba will talk about his in his book 90 days to life a journey from turmoil to triumph our second guest is none other than the incredible allison jones Author, uh, a speaker, and consultant to discuss her new book, Measure Twice, Cut Once Navigating Negativity in Toxic Relationships. And this time I'm going to share, I'm, I'm going to start titling these things because I love the idea of taking a moment. So this segment right here we're having is an everyday peace moment to talk about a moment in our life where we just take a moment to reflect on who we are, where we're going, where we've been, and just how amazing we are, because many times the day begins and ends with our forgetting to celebrate us and to spend time with us. And so this is an important segment, the everyday peace segment. And today we're focusing on self-love. Why? Because we just had Valentine's day. One of my favorite holidays because it emphasizes the importance of love. It's also a very challenging holiday because many of us focus on external love. And oftentimes we're disappointed when we don't have a special someone in our life or we don't get that, um, Special love language that is ours in particular, and our our significant other may be missing that. But Valentine's Day actually is this huge energy that we share of love, and sometimes we misplace that love. So I just want to take this everyday peace moment to just sort of recenter ourselves and ground ourselves into where where we, what should be our focus on Valentine's Day. It's great to give, but we can only give from a vessel that is overflowing. So when we first pour into ourselves, authentically and organically, this self love, then it can drip all up, off us like honey from a honey pot and we can give it away. And that's how this should happen. So if you haven't had the opportunity to make a date night with just you, a date afternoon, five or ten, fifteen 15 minutes where you just are in your own presence, Giving yourself organic love, which looks like this, actually. It's just time. How do we spell love? T-I-M-E. Just you, yourself, and you. Asking yourself one question. How are you doing today? And waiting for the truth without judgment, shame, or guilt, or condemnation. And then deciding to love yourself. Right in that moment. So that's for us today. That's where we're going to start. And guess what? It doesn't have to be Valentine's Day. This needs to be a practice for us everyday peacemakers that we're taking this moment, that we're practicing self-love, that we're giving ourselves the attention that we desire from others. So for now, you're going to continue with that, hopefully. But for now, let me ask a question. Have you ever thought about starting your own business maybe you have started a business but struggled maintaining focus maybe the idea of starting a business is too daunting maybe you just are not confident that you have the formula for success well if you have a desire but have doubts and reservations that's why we have our special guest here today Rubel chandy Rubel works with entrepreneurs and small business owners to accelerate growth welcome to the show Rubel
3: thanks for having me
1: i am excited to have you here because i think all of us they they say everybody has at least one book inside of them i know that the vast number of people i work with or talk with have some desire to be an entrepreneur whether it's on a small scale or something huge but there is that little desire to bring forth their own um, magic into the world and to leave their footprint in the world and Many people don't ever step out on chance and do that, and especially now with everything that we have going on with the pandemic. People are thinking, well, you know, it may be a great time to do that as we see companies downsizing and adjusting to, you know, this the COVID situation. But then there's a lot of fear surrounding um, opening your own business. Tell us a little bit about your book, um, the book that you wrote, 90 Days to Life.
3: Uh, Dr. Uh, Dr. Devon, uh, 90 Days to Life is a story of a woman who's uh, basically ready to commit suicide. She's like, I'm done with this life. I cannot move forward. And then she is trying to figure out life. She failed in a business, failed in a relationship, and she doesn't know how to move forward. And it is her self-discovery of finding herself And falling in love with herself and figuring out business in the process so it is based on the idea that you spoke of a few minutes ago growing a business is a spiritual activity it is a self-help program your business is a self-help program
1: Oh, I love it. When you look, when you say it that way, it sounds like, you know, how could you not do this? This is a way to self-help and to self-heal for a lot of people. Right. But still, there is this fear and people don't move forth into this self-help. I love that starting a business is a self-help program. And I guess um, for a lot of people, it's, it's a self-help is a is a courageous step for a lot of people. So like many things, getting started is half of the battle. What kind of advice do you give to people who um are considering starting a business and considering starting a self-help program, but they just don't know how to start, especially now in in this environment, financial environment, with everything that's going on with the pandemic.
3: First of all, uh, at this time uh, in, in our in, in at this time of this <laughs> this time travel that we are doing. It's very really easy to start business. It doesn't even cost you almost anything to start a business. And it, it, it is because it's too easy that most people are scared. Oh, my gosh, the cost of entering into a business is basically, um, you know, it, it, it's zero right almost close to zero you you have the you have a multimedia company in youtube you have uh, all, all kind of pr capabilities in twitter and everything else it's just a matter of deciding deciding to allow yourself to, in some capacity, fail. Because when you, when you start a business, the probability of you succeeding, it's not very high. This is the mindset that we want to look at. And we are like, you know, some people come to me, I mean, I teach businesses in 14 countries and helping them to scale and grow to uh, early stages in their business, to a seven-figure business, to eight-figure, to nine figures. And all of them, they started knowing that there is a huge probability that they might actually fail. So how can we start a business knowing that, you know, it, it, there is a 20 to 40% probability that you're going to succeed? Knowing that, can you step into business? That's, where, that's what it takes to start a business.
1: Now, I, I so get that because I think that most people are focused on, you know, I'll, I won't be able to pay my mortgage. I won't be able to pay school fees for my children. I won't be able to eat. This thing will never work, although they it's it could be the best thing to hit the market and to help so many people. But it is that fear of failure is there any way that they could insulate themselves i mean failure is possible in anything but i think the idea of failing and then losing your home or not being able to pay your children's school fees or or not being able to eat those type of things really uh really paralyze people is there any way that they could insulate themselves for some degree of failure so let's
3: talk about the psychological, insu- you know, insulation and physical insulation, right? So there are two elements here. Psychologically, we all have a fundamental fear that we are not enough. We all feel that. Even if you are like president of a country, to I mean, I deal with like people who are like multi-million dollar companies, and they have grown to a different level. They all have fear. So we all have this fear that I'm not enough. Right, so we translate that fear into, I'm not enough to succeed in blank. In this case, business. So I'm not enough to succeed in business. So we just place that belief into our, into our body, into our mind, and because of that, we are restricting ourselves. Instead, ask the question: From this fear, there is an intelligence for this fear. Since this fear is having a conversation with you, you could ask fear, "Hey, fear, what are you trying to communicate here? I don't want you to lose the house. I don't want you to be not being able to pay the mortgage. Okay, got it. Okay, so how could we do business in such a way that uh, we don't lose lose the house or not being able to pay for my tuition or whatever, whatever, whatever other things? So then we negotiate." In, like a, like another human being, you go to a car dealership, you neg- negotiate with a salesman. Just like that, you negotiate in a beautiful way with fear, trusting the fear in, in, to some capacity that the fear is actually giving you advice. And the fear is an advisor for you, but fear is not a boss. Fear can advise you, and, and at the end of it, you will tell fear, hey, fear, you know what? I listened to everything that you said. This these three things make sense. If I make sure these these three criteria are met, will you be okay with me going forward? The fear is like, "Yeah." <laughs> I had a client who, who 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 was doing 40 plus million dollars uh, in a country in Asia and and He was stuck the same place. So don't think that you, you when you start out You have this fear and stuff like that. He's like, I don't know how to grow my company This is the exact process that I did with him that helped him to move on to the next level Dr. Dayon.
1: Oh, I love that. I love the, the idea of facing fear and having a conversation Right, because then it doesn't really look like this big ominous thing anymore. Right, it's <laughs> you. You say, what exactly are you trying to communicate to me? And it forces fear to become rational too, and say, oh well, now it's not. It's it's not abstract. It has to then narrow it down. As you said, I'm worried about the mortgage. Okay, if I can secure. A, a way that the mortgage will not be in jeopardy then will you be okay and i'm sure fear scrambles around and says you know <laughs> i have this little cartoon image in my mind yeah you'll never do it but when you do do that and and then you go back and it, i i love the idea too of keeping a journal because that way you can go back and challenge all these things and say well last week you were worried about that and now i have that resolved so can we go forward i love i love the idea of facing fear because tr- the truth is um if we don't face it then we'll always be in the position that we're in now. We will have to do something new if we want something different. And another great point is that that idea of not being enough exists and follows us at every level. Right. So, you know, you mentioned you have this really, really successful uh, business business. Owner that you're coaching and at that success they're still feeling like I don't have what it takes to grow this business yet you had everything it took to begin this business to get it to this place so if we're waiting for fear just to not have a voice we'll be waiting forever don't you think
3: yes and and the the point of view is today people whether you like it or not the fear is your boss it is deciding what it's what you're going to do or you're not going to do. So in that case, you might as well make this boss, you know, like – Demote this person, like demote this person to a lower level, to an advisor, where, you know what, you have a director board, and you are the uh, head of this director board, and you're like, okay, fear, okay, you have something to say, okay. Yeah, I would listen to you, but final decision is from me. So at that point, you're playing a game here. Like, it's like a game. You have a real human conversation with fear, and then all of a sudden fear is like, fear is like, okay, I I give up. Looks like you you have a clear plan. The fear, the purpose of fear is to protect you in some capacity. It's trying to tell you, like, hey, don't be, don't, you know, don't make that mistake your dad, your uncle, your grandfather made. Let's be intelligent. That's what the fear is trying to tell you. Okay, I, okay, I figured out a way to be intelligent here. Okay, are you okay now? And then the fear is like, okay, yeah. If you feel like it, this is a, you have a handle on it then the fear will let go. And now do your business, test your business in a very cost-effective way, not like, not mean, believing that you're going to succeed, but knowing that you might actually fail. And if you do fail, you would learn a lot from it because when you try to do something, and if you don't succeed at the first time, you would learn a lot from it. And from that learning, you would try something else until you succeed. And if you have that mindset to test a new thing, and then, okay, not have, uh, have it worked out, and still try another thing, and uh, another thing, at some point, you will have to win. That's how everybody wins this game.
1: Oh, I, I love that. And I just want to say you are not just speaking theory. You are speaking from experience because I believe at, at age 19, you began your business career in India. Is that correct?
3: That's right. And by the time it was 24, uh, I, ha- I had $60,000 debt in India. That's like a like a million dollars here in the U.S.
1: Wow. And, and that business succumbed to failure at some point. Is that correct? Right. Like, Two two
3: businesses. So yeah. so yeah. I, I started my first business at the age of nineteen, and uh, I I didn't want to start business, but uh, you know we you know uh, we we have our house was like you know paid like we took a loan from a loan shark to buy our house my my family, and then we were going to lose this house. So I realized that if I was going to get a job, I was probably going to get hundred dollars a month at the time in India. And this was like 23, 22 years ago. And uh, I thought, you know what? That's not gonna help me survive. So let me start a business. So I started a business, not wanting a business, but to pay these loan sharks. That's another thing to remember. Don't start a business unless you are, you have a passion for what you want to be doing. Because highly likely you might not be getting all the success in the next week itself. So you want to be ready, if, some, if you have a setback, if you have passion, you are gonna break through and uh, wait, for, wait for your turn to be successful. So the bottom line is, by the time it was 24, I lost a lot of money, failed in two businesses, then I'm like, you know what, I'm gonna figure this thing out. I'm not gonna go back. So that has been my experience, and I built three multiple seven-figure businesses before the age of 37 and retired at the age of 37 to do this thing that i am passionate about helping businesses now in 14 countries eventually we are expanding into 50 countries to help entrepreneurs to grow and scale their business
1: oh you said something ruble that has just opened the can of worms for me in a very good way don't start a business for something that you're not passionate about Right. Follow that passion. So I want to encourage our listeners, you know, check out that free passion course if you haven't already had it. But in saying that you open up this thought in my mind is that you are in all these countries and you're helping all these people. And So your passion uh, to some degree is service. Right. You have this passion to serve. And I I would submit to our listeners today that. Wherever you serve, wherever your heart goes with a thrill to serve, there is where you're going to find your treasure chest, because it is that in that service, whatever it is, and we all have serve in, the, in in our own unique way. But you, your spirituality, um, you are proof positive that your spirituality does not equate to poverty. So many people believe that spirituality equates to poverty, but you have defied that and shown that, um, your spirituality has led to service towards others and not only your own financial growth, but their financial growth as well. How were you able to translate your spiritual growth into financial growth?
3: Your spiritual development, great question, and I love this is an area that most majority of people who practice spirituality in different capacity, different religion, different cultures, are stuck in. The truth is, nobody can tell the absolute truth, so my relative truth is that your spirituality is measured by the impact that you create in this world. The impact you create in this world decides how much money you could make. So, if you decided to be like Mother Teresa and help other people and create an impact, not make money, that's perfectly fine. If that is a choice of your soul, that's good for you. I'm I'm okay with that. But if you if you want to be like other people, like Bill Gates or other people who create a big impact in the world and through that impact use money as a tool to measure your impact in the world then you are a spiritual being
1: yeah that is wonderful your success is connected to your impact and and just to draw from that the the measure of your impact will be greater if you're acting in your passion right You talked about, you know, starting that business to pay off that loan shark and then realizing, well, you know what, had I started a business because I was passionate about it, I would have been able to, you know, when your work feels like play, you're never at work. And I think so oftentimes we get into a situation where our work just feels hard and arduous, and we always feel like we're doing back work because we're not listening to that internal voice inside of us that is really guiding us if we pay attention and if we sat down, as you mentioned earlier, and faced fear and interviewed fear and then demoted fear from being the boss to just being an advisor. Right. I, I, I love all of that. I love all of that. If you if you had a piece of advice that you could give our listeners who are maybe sitting on the fence, how could they find what would you say to them? Like This is what you need to know to in order to step yeah. forth today and do something.
3: Absolutely. By the way, I, I, I wanted to comment, comment on you about a specific thing. You are an amazing listener, Dr. Trayvon. So that's phenomenal. So if you, have any, if you don't hear from people that, that every day I'm letting you know, you are an incredible listener. So it's great. Oh, thank
2: you. Uh, thank
3: you. Yeah. <laughs> I, could, I could hear that in, in your, all of your conversation. So here's the thing, guys. Those who are listening, You're like, I don't know what my passion is. Like, I don't know. I mean, where do I find my passion? This is how you find your passion. Start doing. Don't wait around to be passionate about something. Start doing something and, and then get stuck. Then you know that, oh, I'm not passionate about it. Try something else and start doing to find your passion. Don't wait around in life thinking that passion is going to hit you on your face and you fall down. All of a sudden you find passion. You find passion by taking action. If you know that one thing and you go forward with that one thing and test action, do action and test passion through action, then you're going to find your passion within the next six months or, or sooner.
1: Oh, I that is so great because we hear people. I coach people all the time. I don't know. I don't know. And the one thing I say to them, do something. Action gives clarity. And what you just said, the discovery of self saying that, no, I don't like that is You'd spend thousands of dollars for somebody else to tell you that you can discover this for yourself just by taking action and getting down a road and say, you know what? I did try that. I didn't like that. I didn't like the following things about that. Be specific so that when you go out in your next step, you try your next thing. You can say, I know this more about myself. This so-called failure is just research. That's all this is guys. You are researching the most important specimen of your life. And that is you. So you can, Upgrade yourself to a level of success. Now we only have a few minutes left, and I'm so sorry to have you rush. But how can we get your book, 90 Days to Life?
3: Yeah, you could go anywhere you get book books, and especially Amazon. It's called 90 Days to Life. You could search for my name and 90 Days to Life, uh, and you could actually get go to my website, rubelchani.com, which is R-U-B-L-E bhandy.com and download a free productivity training that I am teaching people in 15 different countries to increase their productivity in business for free as well.
1: Thanks for joining us. This is Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world.
0: Create and build the life of your dreams. Welcome back to
1: Everyday Peace with Dr.
0: Drayvon James.
1: Welcome back. I'm Dr. Drayvon James, and this is Everyday Peace. Do you have a toxic relationship in your life? It could be a friend or a family member or a romantic relationship or even a Well, I am so glad that we have our special guest with us today, Allison Jones, here to talk about her new book, Measure Twice, Cut Once, Navigating Negativity in Toxic Relationships. Allison, welcome to the show.
0: Thank you so much for having me, Dr. James.
1: I am super excited about this topic. First of all, I got to tell you that every time I read the title to your book it makes me smile because I took um, home ec they don't do that anymore but when I was in seventh grade and that was the our my my sewing teacher would always say that measure twice cut once <laughs> yes, so it, it's just It's nostalgic and it makes me very happy to hear that title, but even more so this topic about navigating negativity and toxic relationships. Boy, I have got to tell you that when I do my little talk, the topic with everyone that I meet concerning shows Mm -hmm. that I'm upcoming shows, the hot thing that I heard from people was that, oh my gosh, having to be uh, quarantined and home Uh more, or uh, they're just really discovering that. They're unable to uh, positively and effectively mm-hmm. deal with the toxic okay. relationships in their life. So this is a wonderful, wonderful topic. So what motivated you to write your book to force you to, you know, to come to this terms of fa- making us face these relationships that are negative and toxic?
0: Well, I actually wrote this book based on the dysfunction in several of my personal relationships to include my relationship with my mother. My mother and I, although we loved each other, we had a very contentious relationship. I come from a big family. I'm the baby of seven. And by the time I came around, my mother was a little tired of raising kids, and so I was left to my own devices a lot. And so um, I did not realize initially, of course, in your young mind, you don't know how this is playing out. But as I got older, the relationship didn't get better. My mother and I felt more like almost sisters in some ways, although there was always respect. I grew up in a certain era, but it didn't feel like a typical familial mother-daughter relationship. I, I felt more like I was her confidant at times. I felt like there was more pressure to be there for her and her, you know, because my other siblings had already moved out of the house. and moved on, and so I became her sounding board, and in some cases, I became a person that she could kind of unload on as well, and so based on that relationship, unfortunately, when my mother passed away suddenly um, back in 2009, she and I, unfortunately, were on very, very poor term, and I made a decision that I had no choice but to make. Because the year before, I had suffered a stroke and I was in rehabilitation at the time. And so some of those patterns that were habitual for both of us actually was actually impeding my ability to get well. And so I made a decision in that moment when we were having a conversation that was going down the same familiar path uh destructive and mean and dispirited and disrespectful i basically stopped the conversation and i told my mother i love you very much i love you with all of my heart but i cannot do this with you anymore and if this is the last time we speak i don't want it to be but if it is i'll have to find a way to live with it and that's actually that was the impetus for writing the book
1: Oh, Allison, I got to tell you, you've just done something that is near and dear to my heart. You took something that could have been just destructive, you know, your mom passing and my condolences on that, but your mom passing and that relationship mm-hmm. being fractured and you were able to stand in a place of healing and say that I'm going to use this that has shown mm-hmm. up in my life. As a stepping stone to my next level of greatness and to be in service to others, so congratulations mm-hmm. to you. I know that had to be very, very okay. difficult and hard, but that is what growth and development is all about you You made a decision in that moment absolutely. that hey, this didn't end the way I would have liked for it to end, but mm-hmm.
0: it is not absolutely. the end right yeah. it is not the end absolutely, and that's one um, of the things that I enjoy about your particular brand of messaging. I took a lot of what I learned about holistic therapies, meditation, the books that I bega- began to read, the approaches that I used I began to take and and I grew up um, heavily in the church. My spirituality had begun to change and those patterns had already appeared a decade and a half, a decade or maybe even two decades before everything happened and it was just the universe's way of aligning me for that moment. I didn't know it at the time, but I was being aligned in that moment to be able to heal from within from that fractured relationship.
1: Yeah. Yes. And so if our listening audience can just, you know, those of us who are everyday peacemakers, you've just talked about a fundamental uh principle for us is everything that shows up in our life. The good, the bad, and in between has shown up for one reason, and that is to bow down and serve us as we consciously move to our next level of greatness. And so even though you don't know at the time why this painful event has shown up, believe me when I tell you, and as Allison is telling you, that this event, if you would let it, it will grow you to do your ultimate service. And that service, that service is going to be so fulfilling to you. You don't know that at the time, you know, we look at these things and you say, oh my goodness, why me? Right. And then, you know, but... Eventually, if if you if you lean into that moment and embrace that and ride that way for all that it has to teach and and give, you will arrive at this place of awareness. It says if it had not been for that learning lesson, I wouldn't be able to give in the way that I am giving. So I am so grateful Mm -hmm. to you and and that you were willing to face that. So how would you and you were very good. I had to say this too, Um, in your intro the way you describe the toxicities in your relationship with your mom, very picturesque. Mm -hmm. I could feel it. I could see it, but I'm not sure that other people can identify. They just know that something doesn't feel right. How would you, Mm -hmm. how would you help people to identify toxic relationships in a personal or professional or just in general? How can people say, yeah, this is toxic? Well,
0: in toxic relationships, they're typically pretty destructive. And they're damaging to your personhood. They make you feel pretty bad inside. And different methodologies are typically employed. You know, you, you people deploy very different methods to the toxicity. But the first thing I want to say before I even go into that is it. it takes two people to form a toxic bond. It's it's never one person. It's always two people. There has to be someone who is giving and receiving it. And it's also a cyclical negative behavior. It comes across as unsupportive. It may come across as demeaning or diminishing. But it's always undermining in some way, hidden typically, and it's typically disrespectful in some way as well. And it can be disrespectful, for instance, if let's say you tell someone, I don't like when you say X, Y, Z, and you communicate this need, and the person acknowledges that they hear it, and then they go back and repeat it. Well, that is a form of toxicity, because it's, it's basically saying, yeah, I hear you, but I don't care enough to course correct. So toxic relationships, Again, that it's a two party system. No one is ever off the hook of toxic behaviors. It can also be something where uh, again on both sides of it on your side of it. You know, there's always one uh, one person on the on the other end that's typically a little more aggressive about it. But let's say on your end, you're less aggressive about it. You may be doing things like overlooking your feelings, or you have hidden anger or hostility. Or maybe you're feeling, I don't know, uh, sad and tearful when you're around the person or after you leave the person. Or you feel anxious or desperate or worried when you have to engage. And on their side of it, they may be passive-aggressive. You know, I call passive-aggressive people, they feel that they are peacemakers. But in actuality, the behavior is passive-aggressive. They may gaslight, or come across as martyrs, or use silent treatment, or keeping score. But again, it, it takes two, and people have to be aware that you can't just identify the behaviors in others without taking an introspective look at yourself.
1: That is so insightful. You know, I do a, some work with codependents, and one of the things you know they say codependents have a tendency to attract narcissistic personalities, and I said, and and both people are responsible right, uh-huh. for this for this toxic relationship. And I love that you point that out, is that uh, it is not a place to just a finger point. In fact, uh-huh. you know, they say you point one finger out and there's three fingers pointing at you. And that is not to put you in a place of shame, guilt or condemnation. That is to empower you. To say, this is the role that I am playing in this toxic relationship, and I am no longer willing to fulfill that role. And so that empowers you to find out, to get educated on how to make that shift. Mm -hmm. Perfect. Yeah, I I, I agree with that. I love that. I absolutely love that. So what are some tips that people can use in their career to heal toxic relationships with coworkers and employees? Because that's a big one.
0: Oh, well when you are looking at professional relationships now in my prior life um before i retired i was a senior executive who de- in hr who dealt with people problems all day long and so you know when you're dealing with people problems from their pay to their medical benefits to promotions etc it can get highly you know people get highly anxious and agitated it can become volatile Uh, there's a lot of anger so the main thing i would say is that you'll hear it all the time of course i know but you have to you have to listen you have to be willing to respectfully offer and accept feedback as well but you can't really do that well until you listen to the problem and you have to be able to work through challenges and disagreements by allowing the space for differing views and opinions and solutions. Because I always say 8 plus 1, 7 plus 2, 6 plus, plus 3, they all equal 9. There are always different ways to get a desired outcome. Your way may not be the best way. So that's when you have to be willing to allow that space for differing views, realizing that you all want to get to the same flex, the solution. And then the next thing I would say is you have to be able to provide support, which sometimes in a workplace, because you spend more time sometimes at work than you do at home, you would sometimes have to be in the position where you're providing emotional support at work. Someone had a bad day or a loved one is sick or what have you. And just being able to say, I don't know why people do this, but, you know, we're in the habit of saying to people, well, good morning, or let's say, how are you? And, and it's very cursory. We don't stick around for the answer. We just kind of blow it off. But we have to engage in a way where we allow people to be seen. So when you ask, be aware that maybe it takes a little bit more of a conversation. Maybe someone's behaving different. Engage them. Don't be afraid to engage. It's very important because the, it also taps into the bottom line of an organization. Your talent pool is the heartbeat of your profit and your productivity. And so people, when jobs go away, quite often people don't look at the people that work in those jobs. They just see a business that it's failing. And so a lot of times I think we miss the big picture that even in business, we can still exercise humanity.
1: Oh, I love it. Even in business, the heartbeat of your organization is your talent pool. I so agree with that. We have a couple callers on the line. I want to bring one on now. And okay. hello, you on the air with the Everyday Peace Show, Dr. Drayvon James, and our fabulous guest, Allison Jones. Do you have a question or comment for our guest?
0: Um, hi. Yes, I did have a question for the guest. Um, I don't know if you already touched on this, but I wanted to know what does it say about a person who keep
1: finding themselves in toxic, toxic situations. That could be toxic family situations, toxic, toxic friends situations, relationships. What does that say about the individual who keeps running into those situations? It basically, oh,
0: thank you so much for calling. Um, it basically says that again, go back to introspection. You have to kind of take a look at yourself to say, what is it about me? that for some reason, there are these red flags that I'm ignoring because every relationship that has toxicity, typically it has red flags. And those red flags are typically, um, they're not only recognizable to you, but they're familiar to you. You've seen it before, as you say, you keep running into it. That means you've seen this before. So when you see the red flags, the first thing I would say is now it's time to look at your, your part to play, as I said, and then start to look at how to create some boundaries for yourself. Because I can guarantee you, once you start to create those boundaries, it becomes harder for people who are toxic to enter your space. Boundaries mm. should not be – they shouldn't be punitive, by the way. Don't punish people when you create boundaries. Boundaries are for you. They're straightforward guardrails that limit behavior that you feel uncomfortable with when you, you engage with this person. And those boundaries, don't let someone dictate to you what those are. Only you can define what those boundaries look like. That's on you. And boundaries should, should be used when all other forms of communicating your needs have gone unrecognized. But before you set the boundaries, start with you understand for you what is it going on in me maybe you're a fixer maybe you're the type of person you want to fix people maybe you're a high empath, where you feel very deeply if someone's hurting you want to help but take a look at you and your behaviors and i guarantee you once you identify those those red flags and that encompass your behaviors you will course correct and your relationships will change
1: oh thank you so much Thank you for being an Everyday Peacemaker, and thank you for calling into the show today. Enjoy your day. We have another caller here I'm going to bring on the ear. Thank you for calling the Everyday Peace Show, and our fabulous guest today is Allison Jones. Did you have a question or comment?
2: Hi, yes. Um, I actually had a question for both of you. I don't know if either of you can answer it better. Um, I saw the title of the show also was Building Business Success During the Pandemic, I was really wondering like during the shutdowns and stuff for a small business, how is how does one like keep hope during all of this? So I know this can be like a oh. time where everybody's scared and confused and your business might not be doing as well as you want it to do. So like how does someone like stay hopeful? Well, I um, wanna
1: say I, oh I, what, if Allison wants to answer that, I do want to say, I do want to suggest that you go and get the beginning of our show because that guest was fabulous. Mm-hmm. He was Ruble Chani that was on there. But uh, I am happy to address it. And Allison's happy to address mm-hmm. that question, too. So, Allison, go right ahead. Thank you. Oh,
0: well, I defer to you, Dr. James, and, and I can come right back <laughs> okay. behind You'll probably
1: yeah. cover it anyway. <laughs> so what I was going to say to you is being hopeful is an internal job. Right? And I know it's, it's easy for all of us to look with our eyes that point outward at the world and become so fearful about uh, what is next or what is going to happen. But to realize that uh, I believe... I wish that I were designing humans because our eyes should point inward and really use these challenging situations to search from within to find that part of us that knows that yes, we are safe, that yes, it is okay. And one of the things that our guest previously talked about is being able to ask, what is it exactly I am afraid of? And letting fear answer that question will give us a way to say, okay i am now going to resonate at the energetic energetic level of the answer instead of at the fear I, it's been identified and i'm going to just sit in that space and allow creativity to give me some answers instead of instead of continuing to focus on this the abstract fear so i hope that's helpful for you i do want to encourage you to listen to the show on the unity online uh, website where you'll get more information from that particular guest who did address that very same issue allison did you want Thank to add you.
0: anything you're welcome i just wanted to add your support network it's very important the people who lift you up encourage you i call it the four walls um everyone needs four walls you need someone that we, you know the people that keep us accountable the people who encourage and support us the people who are our peers you need to identify who your four walls are um, these are your gatekeepers to keep you on task and keep you motivated And I understand that, you know, it sounds like you're fairly a young uh, entrepreneur. Other young entrepreneurs can keep you on task because sometimes just having that outlet of other entrepreneurs to kind of field your ideas and keep you hopeful because hope is hard, but, you know, your ability to rise above it is easier. Something made you do this and you have to continue to remind yourself of why you did it and continue to move forward in it. You'll get there, believe me. I know it's hard, but you'll get there. But something made you say, you know what, I can do this. Don't forget that. Remind yourself as often as you need to.
1: Yes, I, I, 100%, I, and I love that, the four walls that are there. And I believe we have another caller here. I just wanna bring on the air. And oops, okay, here we are. Hello, you're on the air with Everyday Peace, and Dr. Drayvon James, and our fabulous guest today is Allison Jones. Did you have a question or comment?
2: Yes, I had a question. Great show, great show, by the way. Your first guest was great, too. So, um, Ms. Jones, I don't know if you're old enough to remember, but Teddy Pendergrass had a song that said, if I could, I would, I should have. And so I believe that when, when, we, when we go through that, if I'm going to speak for myself. When I go through the I should have, I could have, if I would have, and I believe that that's negative. I think that, Mm -hmm. you know, if you use it as an impetus to move forward, that's one thing. But I know for myself I use it to, um, I guess, to to make myself feel like, you know, if I would have did this, I would have did that, I would have treated people better, I would have such and such. So how do you – how do we navigate that? Because I'm sure we all go through it. But how do we navigate the couldas and the wouldas and the shouldas, and like sort of eliminate that from your, you know, your brain? How do we? How 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 do you do that?
0: Well, I would start by saying you have to first become your own ally. At the end of the day, honestly, you have no idea what's on the other end of your coulda, woulda, shoulda. You have no idea. You could have did that. You should have. You would have. But it could have, should have, would have been worse. And Mm. so you have to remind yourself, I don't know what was on the other end of that. So me sitting Mm. here in this is not helping because it could have been a lot worse if I did what I thought I should have done. You also Mm -hmm. should create positive positive spaces and habits to basically it will – eliminate what's going on in your head, because it sounds like it's on record. It's just looping now.
1: Mm -hmm. I should
0: have, I could not so you're doubting yourself. But remind yourself of how many times you came out of things. Remind yourself of your strength in the past. Remind yourself Mm -hmm. of the challenges that you've risen to in the past and the things you've accomplished. A lot of times when we do things, we don't stop long enough to give ourselves any real affirmation a pat on the back anything we just move on to the next thing and we forget about how great we are in the great design of the divine and another Mm. thing i would say to you regardless of your belief system you were made from the dna of the most high right so nothing you do is a mistake everything that you do is for your good no matter how it turns out it was for you anyway it's either a lesson or a blessing either way it was for you though don't ever forget that and sometimes Mm -hmm. we think when things don't go our way or go great oh i should have no it was supposed to go exactly the way it went i try to remind myself and think when i get into that stinking thinking i try to remind myself sometimes you know what even if i had done it differently would the outcome have been any better? And what, what did I learn from it if it didn't go the way I had hoped? Mm. So start thinking about the lessons. What are you learning? Okay. And don't forget, you are great. You were made to be great. There are no mistakes. Everything that you're doing is in perfect alignment. You're exactly where you're supposed to be until you're not.
2: Okay. Uh, thank you very much. Another great show, welcome. Dr. James. Thank you.
1: Uh, thank you. You're very welcome. And thank you for being a consistent everyday peacemaker. You enjoy your day. All right. You too. Yeah. I love the messaging that you're giving out. It really is If it's going to be, it's up to us. That is sort of our theme and with the Everyday Peace show this year is what are we waiting for? And the answer is nothing. You know, we are here Uh and we have everything we need within us to get started right now in this moment. So as everyday peacemakers, we take responsibility for our own path in life. What can we do to either convert a toxic relationship to a positive one? Or, you know, sometimes it is um, to reduce the impact of a negative relationship in our life.
0: I say the best way to nurture your relationships. I do five things. The first thing is I make my relationships a priority. We make time for things that matter to us. Um, Don't wait for a special occasion. Every day that you wake up is a special
1: occasion. So and, make and I just want to say, we're have been running slow on time, um, so we're going to have to kind of okay. speed through these. For our listeners, you can always okay. go back and get it. But I do want to talk about that book um, after we get the five in there. So make the relationship okay. a priority.
0: A priority. The next is if there's a conflict, confront the problem with the,
1: without attacking
0: the person. Separate the person from the behavior. Stop the third is stop jumping to conclusions, even if it's based on previous behavior. The fourth is listen and communicate open, honestly, and regularly. And the fifth is be appreciative, polite, and sensitive to others'
1: feelings. Just
0: be empathetic.
1: Empathetic. Oh, I I love it. And your book, where can our listeners really quickly get that book?
0: (laughs) We can get the book on Amazon.com or Barnes & Noble uh, for the hardcover. And you can follow me on uh, my website, theallisonjones.com.
1: Thank you for being our guest. Thank you all for Thank being everyday. So I absolutely love you all. Thank you for listening. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world.
2: We talk to the animals, and we know you can too. On the Animal Communication Podcast hosted by the three of us, myself, Julie Heert, Karen Dendy-Smith, and Meredith Tolleson, we will show you how to deepen your relationship with your beloved animal companions, whether they're alive or in spirit. As Soul Level Animal Communicators, we explain the process and explore topics such as health, behavior, and play, all from the animal's perspective. So subscribe
0: and follow us on Apple, Spotify, and listen as part of the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network.